This is Danielle Houston, Benefits Advisor, Propel Insurance, here again. Feels like we just recorded episodes one and two. If you have not listened to those yet, I highly encourage it. Uh, Just to give you a slight recap, uh, we talked about how Washington Paid Family Leave came about, and episode number two specifically talks about that benefit from really the employee experience. What's the deduction like, uh, applying for a claim, what are the benefits going to look like as they pay out? So this third episode, we're talking about voluntary. We got just a little bit into it in episode two because Washington State has made allowance for employers to be able to apply for the option to opt out of the Washington State paid leave. But, you know, it comes with some strings attached. Yes. You're going to have to do some stuff. Yes. So this episode, we're going to talk about that stuff. Voluntary plans. There is a guide that is available. Again, that Employment Security Department website. Got some great stuff out there as it comes available. That guide, you can download it. Goes through pretty much all of that stuff. But let's talk about it. Because talking about it, always different than trying to read and decipher some of the jargon on your own. So the voluntary plan itself, let's talk a little bit about, again, recap. What, What is that? So the voluntary plan is for those employers who do not want to have their employees have to go through the state bureaucracy, basically. So it's if they want to offer and they can do it, we've clarified with Washington that it can either be a self-insured plan or it can be provided through a third-party insurer. So employers can opt out of the medical leave portion. So that would be the STD type plan. You can opt out if you've got adequate paid medical leave. Or you can opt out for the paid family leave portion, or you can opt out for both. If an employer chooses to opt out for one but not the other, then they have to still do the employee payroll deductions and send them off to the state every quarter for that portion of the plan. The state has made clear that the two, in order to have a voluntary plan, you have to make it available to all employees. Regardless of part-time, full-time. Right? Well, there are still some qualifying requirements, but it yes, but it has to be available to all employees. You can't just say it's only the salaried employees or only the employees who work over X hours a week. It has to meet or exceed the benefits that are offered by the state plan. You cannot charge the employees more than what is authorized under the state plan. Now you can contribute more, but you can't charge the employees more. You have to provide the same job protections that are under the state plan, and you have to actually literally apply. There's an application that you may not realize it, but the Washington ESD is actually accepting applications right now as we speak. You can go online and apply. And the good news is the application process isn't that complicated. Yeah, it Um, looks pretty straightforward. It it, (laughs) is, like amazingly straightforward. And I think one of the reasons it's so straightforward now is that the Washington knows that they don't even have their rules done yet. They know that it would be very hard for employers to have fully developed plans. So you may ask, well, what's the benefit of applying for a voluntary plan opt-out now, and there are important benefits. January 1, 19 is when employers have to start taking out the payroll deductions, 
and they have to start sending the money to the state quarterly in arrears. So the first quarter of 2019 will be owed in April of 2019, both the employee and the employer portion. If you can get a voluntary plan approved before 1119, you don't have to send that money to the state. Okay. You can keep it, you can, you have to put the employee portion in a trust account, essentially, in, in a bank, a special account, and you can keep the employer share, and then you can just hold on to it and let it create a, you know, an account that you'll have for when the leaves go active on 1120. But you have to get the plan approved before the end of the year. If you don't get the plan approved by the end of the year, you have to pay the payroll tax until the for the comes first back, quarter right? until the plan is approved. So what the Washington ESD has said is that when they approve a plan, it will go into effect on the first of the quarter following when they approve it. So if you apply now, October twentieth, let's say, they've said it'll take about a thirty days to approve. Okay. So it's approved November 20th. It would then go into effect January 1, 2019. That's kind of how the workers' comp retro program approvals oh, yeah. work, too. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But if you applied December 28th and you didn't have it approved by January 1, suppose it got approved February 1, you would have to send the whole first quarter payments into the state. Okay. Because it would go into effect on 4-1-19. And so that's sort of a rolling thing. You have yeah. each quarter, you'll have a chance to get it approved and not send the money in. So for those employers who are thinking they really like the idea of a voluntary plan, especially maybe for the medical, maybe that's very appealing, you have an STD plan, there's almost nothing to be lost from applying for a voluntary plan approval. Okay. Because then you can, you can, you just got to make sure you collect that premium. And then if you decide at the end of the year, you know what, I'm not up for this voluntary plan stuff. I'd rather just use the state. You're allowed to cancel the plan. You have to send in all the employee premiums, but then you can tell your employees to go to the state plan. Do you have to send in the premiums for the entire previous year? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. They don't let you just scooch yeah. in there, do they? <laughs> So they get their money one way or the other. Boy, don't um, but one thought I have had, I'm looking at this sort of very creatively from an employer's point of view. If, if an employer really thinks they want to do a voluntary plan, and they because if they send the money into the state and then they later get a voluntary plan approved, so suppose you get your voluntary plan approved at the end of 2019, you've already sent the state all the money, you're not going to get that money back the state gets to keep that. Yes. So if an employer thinks they may want to do a voluntary plan, apply I actually for the think waiver. that's what I apply, get it approved, and then frankly, shop it around to the insurance carriers. Okay. Get the best deal. I shouldn't be saying this. It's against my best interest. <laughs> I'll never tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's only on a podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
Well, you know, that's a great point because that's been such a hot topic of conversation with clients. You know, as an advisor, too, I want to give the best advice with the most information, and we are stunted. We don't have all of the information yet. So in having the conversation, it's like, well, yes, you. it doesn't sound like you really want to send the state a payroll tax and let them figure right. out what they're going to do with it. But, you know, how do you make a decision right. when you don't have all of the information at hand? Right. So this is good. Right. So that's one option. Another option is for the first year or two, maybe you just want to send employees to the state because at a minimum, what STD carriers are going to do is they're going to create a setup so that or an offset i use set mm-hmm. off but it's really an offset that they're going to modify their std plans so that you can offset any benefit paid under the state plan so if you're not sure you want to do a voluntary plan you could sort of see how the dust settles and let employees go to the state for maybe the first year as you figure out is this going to work or isn't this going to work and then you could if you decided the state plan really isn't working for you, you could opt out for the second year. Which again, would be very much like the workers' comp retro programs. If you decide down the road that you're interested in that option, you can apply and they review those quarterly and then going forward, you can Right, you don't have to participate. Interesting. Now there are a couple of different eligibility rules. So there's sort of some trade-offs that the states made. They said, sure, you can opt out, but if you do, one of the things they make you do is give job protection sooner. So the employee only has to work for nine months for the company, and I think it's 935 hours as opposed to 12 months and and 1,200. I I don't know how they arrived at that, but but that seemed to be a trade-off that they do. The other rule for eligibility under a voluntary plan is that it's still the 820 hours in Washington. But if an employee comes to you from an employer that also had a voluntary plan, and has already worked the 820 hours in Washington, they're immediately eligible. And again, how would an employer right. know that? How right. are they going to validate right. that? And if they come from the state, an employer that had the state plan, then they become eligible after 340 hours working for you. Oh, okay. So that, in a way, that's good. That gives you a little bit of a cushion so you can build up some reserves for them. But yeah. you don't get to build up any reserves for somebody who is at a voluntary plan. At another company, it's, it's. I'm not sure the rhyme nor reason of some of the rules, but those are the rules. Those are the rules. Yes. Um, but the voluntary plan option. Oh, a couple of other things about it. It does cost two hundred and fifty dollars application fee per employer plan. We were told by Washington that you would have to upload the plan, but the application currently does not require you to upload That's the plan. That's what I thought. I read through that application yeah. and I thought, you yeah, know, something no, must don't. be wrong here. They don't require it. Okay. Um, you do have to submit it for reapproval each year for the first three years, but you don't have to pay that 250 Oh, okay. And then after that, you only need to seek reapproval if you change it. And if the law changes, you have to modify it to comply with changes in the law. If the application is denied, you can appeal it within 30 days. I think you can keep applying, too. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that says if it's They'll denied. They'll take your $250 <laughs> every time you want to apply. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they will. So, 
Okay. So there are some deadlines. There are some things to think about. You do still have a year, really, before you actually have to deal with the details of of allowing the leaves and dealing with that. But if you want to avoid sending money into the state, then you should be applying now. sooner rather than later.